All right, everyone, welcome back. Kayla got the chance to visit today with the current WPRA president, Jimmy Monroe, and vice president, Heidi Eukersmith, about the current goals and focus of the WPRA board. From how they're working to improve rodeo grounds at every rodeo, the ongoing discussion about limited rodeos, the rising popularity of breakaway roping, and more. They got to share their thoughts and goals on all of these important topics straight from the source. We hope you enjoy hearing exactly what the ladies in charge have been working on and what their goals for the future are. This episode is brought to you by Farnham's Horse Care Loyalty Rewards Program. Visit www.horsecareloyalty.com to see a complete list of products you can earn rewards on, including your favorite fly spray, laser sheen spray, sand clear crumbles, and more. All right, ladies, take it away. This is The Money Barrel. excited today to be able to talk to two of our prior guests, but actually having them together on one podcast, Jimmy Monroe, our current WPRA president, and Heidi Eukerschmidt, our current WPRA vice president. So thank you both for joining me again for this podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. So the the previous podcast with both of these ladies, if you haven't listened to them, go go back. Um, Jimmy, we really talked about, I mean, her career in the WPRA, rodeoing, her different tenors as president. And Heidi, we did a really cool WPRA 101. Um, all things about how the WPRA way WPRA works permits, rodeos, rules, all of that. Um, Today, however, we wanted to focus the podcast more on questions of the WPRA, what's going on. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are on Facebook. There's always seems to be some type of Facebook discussion about things that are going on. And we kind of thought what a great opportunity to just talk about these things um, all together on a podcast. So that is kind of okay. what today's going to be about. So, um, Heidi is, what state are you in Heidi right now? Uh, right now I'm in North Dakota okay. where I reside. <laughs> Heidi's in North Dakota. <laughs> Jimmy, are you still in Texas right now? I'm still in Texas. Okay. So we're, we're spread out across the country, but, uh, thankfully we're going to be able to do this. So, um, I guess first I can let you guys kick it off. Jimmy, you, since we've talked, you were elected WPRA president again, um, about eight months ago. And how, how has this time as president around been treating you so far? Well, it's been good. I've enjoyed working with the board that we have now and trying to accomplish some things. And no, it's been good. I've been away for some time. And so, you know, I've enjoyed it. What have kind of been the main things that you guys have had to jump in and handle? Because Heidi, I don't, I can't quite remember, but you kind of recently stepped into the vice president role, right? Correct. I, I've been just over two years now serving as vice president. What are the first couple things that you've had to deal with? What are some of the things that you're currently working on right now? First of all, I'd just like to give a hats off to Jimmy. You know, a lot of the things she's ran on, she ran on in May. She's already accomplished, which is awesome. Meeting minutes, meeting agendas, 
Um, Handrake, every girl at the NFR, um, she jumped in, uh, hit the ground running, let's put it that way, um, was outstanding, you know, to working with people that had been on the board and getting caught up to speed that took basically no time whatsoever. But um, there's a lot of things we work on every day. One of my priorities right now, I guess, is our new, we've reinstated or reestablished um, our new ground committee which I chair with uh, four other board members. And then we also implemented the expertise of some members, which include Lisa Lockhart, Haley Kinzel, and Brittany Posey. Um, we are working very diligently on new and innovative ideas. Obviously, our priority is to see tractor drags at half, five or six nationwide. We're trying to take a common sense approach to that. We've already made good inroads on that. We're working on establishing ground experts across the country to help committees just better communication with those committees as far as getting the names for circuit directors as to who's going to be running their tractors. Do you have hard pants? Would you like help uh, working on national drag sponsors, tractor sponsors, et cetera? But we, with that group, it's been, I mean, and Jimmy, you've been on our ground meetings too. It's been, um, no, it's, there, great. It, it's just, it's been really good. It is, it is a great functioning committee that everybody has completely bought into. And I have absolutely beautifully high hopes for what we can accomplish in a short time frame, just with what we started discussing. Um, so that's kind of been my main focus. That and judges' communication. Um, in years past, we've kind of dropped the ball communicating with judges as far as new rules that pertain to our sport and our competition. Um, so I've started attending JAC meetings, and we're going to have representatives at the seminars simply reaching out, making calls. We've distributed materials that has trickled down from pro officials to A, B, C, D list judges. Um, we're just trying to be really upfront and aggressive on those areas that directly impact the competition of our sport. So those has kind of been my focuses, you know, in the last few months, but I'm, I'm tickled pink with how everything's going. I was just going to say, I mean, that's really exciting to hear because I think everybody that watched the NFR saw the difference it made having that extra attention to the ground. Um, you know, we've, we've heard different things, seen different things. It just isn't realistic to get a tractor in and out of that arena, um, at the halfway mark right now, but for them to come on board to do that handrake, I mean, that, that kind of set, set the tone for a lot of these other committees that, Hey, if they can do it at the NFR, we can get it done everywhere. No, you're absolutely right, Kayla. And we really appreciate the effort that the NFR made. I mean, you know, uh, Alan Reinheimer, the new general manager, is just really concerned with the ground and safety of all the animals and really worked with us on that. And so it was just, yeah, it was just really good to have them. And Heidi and them are doing a great job with their committee, that the ground committee. I enjoy sitting in on the meetings. You know, some things change and some things stay the same. I mean, safe ground's been a problem or something, a concern, let's say, you know, since 
I was president the very first time, you know. We formed the Justin Best Footing Award to try to encourage committees to improve their uh, grounds. So, but I really think this committee is making some great headway. And it's nice to have uh, one of the things we talked about when I was running was having representatives on because before we'd had a representative at most of the judging seminars. So that's great to be back and represented at those judging seminars. You know, I just think the directors, too, uh, do, you know, are really making an effort. All of the directors are trying to stay in contact with committees, particularly if there's been, you know, some type of a problem if the ground wasn't as good as it needed to be, then they're really doing a good job contacting their committees and, you know, seeing what they can do. You know, if there's anything that the ground committee can offer suggestions, you know, everybody's just really working hard to make sure that the ground is good and safe for not only our horses. I always say it's not just the barrel horses. It's for all the livestock involved in rodeo. So is there something that a contestant can do if they have thoughts or have sponsors? Do we need more sponsors for tractor drags? I mean, I see that communication sometimes on Facebook and everybody wants it to get better, but I feel like sometimes maybe people don't know what they can do to help. Is there a way to help those committees, Heidi? Reach out to either our ground committee, myself, or your circuit director. Um, circuit director can then put the committee in touch with you know the proper people and that's something we're working on selling the tractor selling the drag it helps the committee i'll use rapid city south dakota that's about to start this week they having drag for the first time in history to be honest and after the circuit director kaylee gallano had a conversation with the committee who just happens to be the contractor sutton they got a sponsor they sold that drag and ultimately it helps the rodeo it helps us um you can reach out to any of us at any time and we can make the contacts for you put people in touch we are we are literally here to help and it's it's funny you it's kind of a misconception that the wpra is not concerned about ground it is absolutely i know my personal number one concern we have a circuit director that was sure she was going to get 100% of her rodeos to drag at half. And she ran into a little trouble with a stock contractor. And let me tell you, she was heartbroken. She was only going to have 90%. These ladies are committed. (laughs) It's true. She was heartbroken. I I mean, she really was. So she's going to have 90% of the rodeos in her circuit are going to drag at half because she's reached out and made the connections, but she's still very upset about that 10%. So all of the directors are very committed to making it happen. And through, I, I mean, the expertise of Haley and Brittany and Lisa, we've found some kind of unique solutions that we can help put in place. And I, that's what I look forward to most as far as ground. What's really been great too, with you talking about Lisa and Brittany, is you know with the Cowboy Channel televising so many of these rodeos, and, enter, of course, they interview the winners or the fast times in each performance. And without a doubt, these ones have been, the our members have been so good about thanking the committees at the places, you know, where they did uh, work the ground halfway in between. They brought it out in their interviews. And that really, I mean, you don't think about it, but it really means a lot. And committees see that. 
And uh, that has really been a positive too. The girls have really helped the, you know, on that front. Yeah, a thank you really does go a long way to make them realize that their efforts are noticed and appreciated. And, you know, a thank you always makes somebody feel wanting better oh. about it and wanting to work harder the next year. Yep, exactly. What are some of the unique solutions or ideas you guys are coming up with, Heidi? To, I mean, give us some examples. Um, well, first, our priority is national drag sponsor, but that's not really a solution. Solution-based, um, we're talking about experts across the country being available for committees to use as resources. Um, that we are currently compiling um, a list that'll be done after our next ground meeting, which is coming up. One of the other years ago, not that many years ago, because I was on the board, but I suppose five, six years ago, we had the Safe Arena Footing Program. Um, mm -hmm. It was a grant program through the WPRA. And it was a good, it was a good thought process. You know, you test your ground. This company will tell you what you need to add to make it perfect. Well, at the end of the day, you can't ask 800 rodeos to spend 30,000, 15,000, $40,000 on ground on adding this, adding that, adding sand, adding clay to make it perfect. So we're working on practical solutions for those arenas with belly deep sand. What do we do to make that hold? What do we do with um, black dirt with a hard pan? How do we rip that and pack it back to make it safe? And that in correlation with utilizing those experts is something that I think is our number one priority. Um, it's just been, there's been a lot of good member input as far as how to do that. Andrea Busby is a wealth of knowledge and a great resource for that. She and I had a conversation. We're working on what I can say our solutions are more practical to be applied to all committees because spending, like I said, spending that extra money that they probably don't have. I mean, Ashley, North Dakota doesn't have the funds San Antonio, Texas has. Yeah. Let's be real. So practical application across the board as to how, how to improve each arena. Um, the other one that is big is helping our directors communicate. Um, we have adjusted our rodeo application at this point with a ground committee contact so that the director knows exactly who they're reaching out to, number one, um, as well as a ground questionnaire for those committees to, you know, discuss their ground. Do you feel you have a hard pan? Would you like assistance? Things like that. So it's a much more aggressive but solution-based process than just a, hey, we'll test your ground. Oh, sorry, you can't spend the money. I guess it's no good. You can you can make, you cannot make every arena perfect. You can't make it Spanish Fork, you know, the fastest track on earth. However, you can make it safe and better across the country. That's what we want. We want it safe for our equine and human athletes at this point. So I guess that is kind of a broad, broad scope approach. I have a two page um, bullet pointed list of things we want to go through, but those are kind of our, our attack points at this time. That's really exciting to hear. I mean, a barrel racer, that, that's their number one focus, right? The ground. So that's that's really exciting to hear. And it sounds like, you know, hopefully more of these rodeos coming back. They, they had a year off. They came back this year. You know, hopefully we can keep moving forward to make 2022 even better. 
And, you know, that was hard, too, because some of those arenas set up there for a whole year mm-hmm. and weren't used. I mean, a lot of them weren't, but there were some that weren't. And then you come back after a year, you know, the day before the rodeo starts and try to get your ground in shape. So that just what you said, that's, you know, something we had to confront, too, was those arenas just setting up there for a year. It's, so, just, it's, educa- it's education. It's you know, if you if your arena hasn't been touched in two years, you can't work it the day before. And that's oh. where hopefully the implementation of some people with expertise that, you know, it's not myself, it's not Jimmy, it's Randy Spragan, who d- did the ground at the NFR for the last two years in Texas and in Vegas. Um, it's, it's people that are actually experts in their field that we can put them in touch with. That's the goal. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, we, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything and I guess I should have said this to start. Um, but you know, we'll talk about barrels. We'll talk about breakaway. We want to talk about everything that you guys are working on. Um, one of the things that we see a lot about when on Facebook or discussions is the change in rodeo format, whether it be limited rodeos, whether it be tournament style, whether it, you know, they, they change up their format. And so I guess just fill us in a little bit when a rodeo sends in an, an application and they either want to limit it, um, want to change the tournament style, change it up a little bit. I mean, what does the board do to try and make it the most fair for everybody. Um, We know that limited rodeos have their place, have their reasonings, depending on what side you're on. You might agree, you might disagree. Um, But I know that the decisions made to approve them are not just made on a whim. So as far as the limited rodeos go, I mean, kind of what are your thoughts on the limited rodeos and how can we make them better for all members? Well, you know, we're not encouraging, and of course we don't encourage rodeos to have limits. And, you know, always before it was only your larger rodeos that had the limits. And, you know, we've had maybe 18 or something that were tournament style or had limits. But then when COVID came in, then a lot more of these smaller rodeos just because of their restrictions and limitations and we approved rodeos more rodeos you know that with the limits but now we're trying to go back and this year our directors are working with all these committees that really wouldn't have been allowed to have limits because of the amount of their added money and they're working with them to try to get these limits taken off that's our goal is to all these limits that were put on within the last two years to get those, you know, taken off and go back to where they're open to everyone. And as far as the larger rodeos that do have the tournament style and the limits, what we try and do is to offer as many ways to qualify to to those rodeos as we can. So someone maybe who wasn't in the top you know, there's a top 10 or top 15 or top 30, depending on how many they take the previous year or not in the current year standings. Maybe they've been able to go to some of the tour rodeos, the WPRA tour rodeos that are your smaller rodeos and their surrounding circuits 
And, you know, there will take so many from there into these limited entry rodeos. But and also it's important and we're trying to make them more consistent. So, you know, exactly. OK, there know there'll be so many from last year's standing, so many from the current year standing from the tour. And then a lot of times those rodeos have some other way they'd like to bring people in, like Fort Worth. Uh, they have rodeos that they call qualifying rodeos here in Texas. And if you attend those rodeos and win, win those rodeos, then you automatically qualify into, you know, their rodeo. So some of them have some different, uh, a qualifying round, which everybody likes a qualifying round and would like to, you know, see more of those. And we, we're trying to encourage that. So really, I think the main is to keep it only to your larger rodeos and make sure that, you know, try to give an um, opportunity for all your members to have some way to qualify in. When these decisions are made to, to do the limit, say Fort Worth or San Antonio, has the discussion been had with the committees that either they need to try to stay consistent or announce like extremely in advance what the qualifications yeah. are going to be. Cause I know that's been an issue in the past, which 2020 screwed up everything because everything changed. But um, yeah. I know some people are like, well, I didn't know that's how you got into them. And so exactly. are they kind of being set up now that like, Hey, you can count on if you go to the tour, get in the top two, you're going to get into Houston type of thing. We did actually pass a rule and I do not have my rule book in front of me. There is a rule in the rule book that was passed last year, um, specifically mm -hmm. about this. If you are a limited entry rodeo and you plan to change your qualifications, you have to notify us a year in advance. And I really, really hope that that is something that um, we stay strong on. Largely how, let, let's just use a Houston or a San Antonio or an Austin or a Calgary they send in their format. If that format has changed at all, it goes to the competition committee for approval. And if the competition committee feels it cannot handle it, like Calgary and Houston are all board approved. Um, but there is a process there. Um, for example, Rapid City didn't fill. Um, shockingly enough, it's limited. And maybe it didn't fill because people don't think they'll get in because it's limited. But the, the short answer is yes, that was a rule put in by a director actually to try to stop the ever um, evolving change. Essentially, we want your qualifications, we want, them to, we want everybody to know a year out that hey, if, I chase, if I chase the tour in 2022 and I'm in the top two or four, I've got a good chance of getting into these limited entry rodeos. And that was the purpose of that rule. And that rule is in place for this year. Awesome. That's, I mean, I think that's a great addition because, um, you know, like I said, listen back, if you didn't already do our WPRA 101 podcast, we talked about the tour and how it works and what you can go to, to help qualify. Um, and, you know, I think it's a little bit of reading the rules, but it does allow, you know, cause I know some members are like, I can't rodeo full time, but I still want a chance to get into, you know, Calgary. Well, look at Kaylee Galino. Um, there are ways to do it. And I just know that, you know, it, it's always a discussion, the limited rodeo side of things. And the tour does offer that opportunity. We've had it for a number of years. We had it the last year that it was put in the last year that I served as president before this time. And that was the reason. So maybe somebody 
And we put it in when we approved Calgary. That's when we sort of came up with that tour. So it offered another opportunity for our members to be able to go to those tour rodeos in their circuit or in the surrounding circuits and qualify, you know, a year in advance, like you're saying, the year before, and then they're in that following year. Emily Beisel, that was such a good story with her the first year that uh, she qualified into Calgary the year before she went to the tour rodeos in Oklahoma and Texas and she was working a full-time job and wasn't rodeoing full-time but she went to those tour rodeos and was in the top uh, four or whatever you had to be in oh top four to get into Calgary and she got into Calgary she probably didn't get into some of the other rodeos but she won Calgary and made the finals that year and that was her first year to compete at the finals because she had done well in the tour the year before. So, you know, it does, you know, serve, you know, what it's supposed to do, but, you know, a lot of the time. So. Well, and I think, too, I, I don't think anybody on our board, Jimmy, is enamored with limited entry rodeos. And I think every director. Oh, no. I, th- yeah. I think they work diligently to do one of two things, figure out how to have a qualifier, which is tough to get buy-in on um, from bigger committees. San Antonio had one a couple of years ago. I don't know that they'll have one in the near future. Um, I, I, they are working, but they, I mean, every director is trying to ask for qualifiers. Will you consider this? Will you consider that? Um, the other thing I think they're working very hard on is, okay, you won't take your limits off. Can you raise your limits, please? You know, I would love to see Denver go back to 120 or 30 instead of 80. Yeah. And that's communication between the director, Jimmy, and myself with, if you won't take your limits off, can we at least get more? Because it gives more yeah. members opportunity. And I, I think that, again, I speak very highly of the board in general, and I, I know none of them are enamored with limits. I know none of no. them are. And, we we support that and we support their efforts and we want to see them succeed at getting higher limits or some sort of qualification process too. So to the members, because I've seen the comments before, you know, if, if I want to buy my permit, um, you know, if I haven't bought my card in three or four years, so if I buy my card now, I probably couldn't even get into Greeley in my own circuit. Um, you know, to those girls that feel like, it's not worth it to buy their card for whatever reason. I mean, kind of what would you let say to them about that? Um, you know, COVID screwed it up. Castle Rock, Colorado probably is not going to be limited to, you know, 40 girls again. Um, but to those no. girls that are worried that they're not going to get the same shot or, a you know, chance to enter, what would you say? Well, hopefully, like you said, rodeos, I mean, the first year that they, you know, go in and buy their card, maybe they're not going to get into Denver. But, you know, there are ways that they, you know, their rodeos that they can enter. I mean, a lot of these limits are going to be taken off. And, you know, ways that they can qualify the next year into some of these rodeos. And I would just add, we are working diligently to get the COVID limits taken off. You know, there's 800 yeah. and some across the country. I would personally love to see that number of limited entry rodeos go back to the 16 to 18 that it was before. 18, I, yeah. 18. And I mean, it's it got a little out of control with COVID, but we are working diligently to get that back. 
And with 18 limited entry rodeos, take that out of 800, there are still tons of opportunities. We would love to have every permit, every card that hasn't come back, come back because we are every day, every day working diligently to provide those opportunities. I'm one of those members, Kayla, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I'm one, I'm one that my horse died a couple of years ago. I have a super nice mare standing here. I can't get in. I'm no different than anybody else, but I'm going to go to the ones that I can. And there are plenty of them. And I'm going to try to get some money one and get qualified. And hopefully this year is going to be a lot better, Kayla. I mean, be. like I said, like the directors are working so hard. I talked to a committee here in Texas just this week that had had limits because of the cold. They're taking theirs off. So the directors are working, you know, really with all the committees in their circuits to try to get these limits taken off. And that is the goal to get back to where there are only 18 limited rodeos, entry rodeos. Perfect. Um, another topic that I wanted to talk about um, because of the, the rodeo count and such is the pro tour um, or now, Heidi, what did you tell me it was called? The NFR playoff series? Yep. And, and it's confusing because we're having a hard time adjusting yeah, to the no. name change also. <laughs> yeah. So this, this isn't the WPRA tour. This is the what used no, to be right. the PRCA Pro Tour that right. used to end in Puyallup, last year ended in Salina, and then, or Salinas, I can never pronounce it. Um, yeah. And now it's going to be the NFR playoff. I wanted to ask you, because last year it had a minimum rodeo count of 35 to get into the finals, which was really hard for members to make with all the other rodeos going on and what counted without adding a ridiculous amount of miles or extra runs on their horses. But those finals pay out a ton. Um, so what is, what is this year going to look like? And do we already know the rodeos are, are going to count for that tour? I mean, that's another way for girls to take advantage of trying to win some extra mm -hmm. money. And is there going to be a rodeo limit to that as well? No, there, you're not going to have to attend a, or enter a certain uh, and compete at a certain number of rodeos, Kayla. It's just you qualify the one that accumulates the most points, you know, are going to qualify. But there's not a rodeo, you know, that you number of rodeos that you have to enter count. Yeah, rodeo count. So, so that's a good because that really put a lot of pressure trying to get on them to get to that count of 35. And um, they are, there is a list out of all the rodeos that uh, are on the tour. And um, we, you know, and they, they do not have a location yet. The PRCA does not have a location uh, for the finals. They're working with several. They thought they had one. I'm back in you know during the finals and then something fell through so I think they'll be making that announcement of where the uh, what is it now called the NFR playoff series NFR, NFR playoff series the NFR playoff I have it written yeah, down in front so. of me that's good because but they will probably be announcing uh you know soon uh where the NFR playoffs going to be their finale Okay. Awesome. I mean, I think that's really good for members to know. And again, you might have to dig into the rules a little bit to see how to get there, but that's an excellent yeah. opportunity for 
somebody that doesn't go down the go down the road for a living to try and make those finals, and maybe get an extra boost to try to make the finals. Well, yeah, I think absolutely. Jimmy, I think Jimmy and I um, and the board and Darla, the office that we we all work as a team. Obviously, um, we're working on final rules and information for the members to put out in a constant contact and on the website. We just have to finalize a few things, but that information is coming soon, I believe, Jimmy, right? Yes, within the next day or two. There you go. In this rodeo season, remember to keep your horse happy and healthy and get rewarded with free products at the same time. Farnham Horse Health Products and Vita Flex Pro are proud to celebrate the partnership between you and your horse, so they created the Horse Care Loyalty Rewards Program. It's their way of giving back and provides an opportunity for you to earn complimentary full-size supplements, fly control, and grooming products that you use regularly. Receive one free product for every five purchased at any online and local retail stores. View a complete list of eligible products at www.horsecareloyalty.com. Enroll today and start earning your rewards. That's www.horsecareloyalty.com. Um, another question I had to on the barrel racing side of things before we kind of move into the breakaway. There was a discussion had, um, so the circuit finals moved from Florida to Colorado Springs, April to July. Mm-hmm. Um And I know the comments were kind of had, you know, why it moved, but also, you know, before that was such a big boost to try to get into Calgary and, you know, the summer rodeos and it's just kind of tough scheduling for, for the July. So what kind of went into that decision and, you know, will, will all that money count still for the same, um, standings for the year and, you know, the time change is a little bit different because it overlaps some. And so how do you work with committees when, you know, all of a sudden in Colorado and Wyoming, there's like four massive finals within a day or two of each other? Well, of course, we weren't involved in the decision of where the, you know, where the circuit finals and it's not the circuit finals anymore. Uh, but we weren't involved with where the national, you know, the mm-hmm. location and when the national circuit pounds were going to be held. And, uh, you know, it's probably not an ideal time. It is a great location to be held there at the Springs where they're, where the office is. And of course, it's being held in conjunction with the induction. So it's a great week and a great weekend. But, uh, and it does affect uh, two members from each circuit in the breakaway and the barrel racing are affected by the circuit finals being during that time when these other rodeos are. And it will, as I understand, it will count uh, as it's counted before. So, okay. I believe that's right, Jimmy. That, that's, that was decided previously yeah. before we even uh-huh. knew of the date change. Um, you know, and I think maybe it puts a little more pressure on circuit directors um, to try to look at those dates, yours specifically, Kayla, I'm sorry, Carla, I just threw you under the bus, um, you, to try to maybe look at those other rodeos and work with them, maybe add some slacks, maybe change things around a little bit. I mean, you can't really change a finals and a finals, and I understand that without a doubt, um, but yeah. I would just echo what Jimmy said, you know, we, we do realize 
it's probably not the most opportune time. Um, on a good note, the former RNCFR is adding the breakaway roping. That is, you know, kind of a perk, but it does affect really lots exciting. of ladies. Um, yeah. it, it is exciting, but we, we definitely see the downside of it. And hopefully we can be involved more in um, those discussions as we move ahead. Because it's just, it's, I agree with you, it's over the top of, it, it's too many things at one time and it's too much money and to make people pick and choose because they made the RNCFR, you know, can they go to Casper's finals? Can they go to Calgary? Can they go to those in Utah? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's a tough choice and we definitely see that. We don't, I, I mean, there is no solution for this year, um, but we hope to be very involved in that in the future. Well, and I kind of wanted to ask that um, mainly because I feel this is solely my own opinion um, that a lot of decisions are heavily criticized on social media nowadays. And I, I think it's, it's the outcome that's criticized, but not a lot of people know exactly what goes into getting to that outcome. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of ask and clarify, you know, the WPRA wasn't involved in the decision to move it to Colorado. So, um, you know, before, before, you know, the fire and the discussions are had now members can know that and know what's, you know, the goal is to try to get those to not conflict, you know, that that's what the board's working on. Um, and that you guys also are aware, obviously (laughs) that there's, conflict so you know people are like oh you know it's being approved they're on top of each other like yeah it's it's hard for everybody especially when it's in the same area but um it's something that we're trying to work on and it's it's not an overnight process no and I can see why they selected Colorado Springs that is an exceptional Mm -hmm. committee and an exceptional rodeo without a doubt I think we just we just have to work a little harder to maybe find some practical solutions at the other rodeos that are at the same time. And, you know, I think we're all happy to be a part of that process. It's just finding solutions to issues that arise. And this is just one we're going to have to work on. All right. Um, so our, our podcast is, is the money barrel and it's about barrel racing. Um, but the WPRA is about women in rodeo and we have a lot of girls at barrel race and breakaway and a lot of breakaway friends. Um, you know, the, the money barrel is partnered with the same ladies that put on the breakaway breakdown podcast and the breakaway roping journal. So we wanted to make sure to cover that because I feel like breakaway is, um, just blowing up. It's becoming such a big deal which is great, but obviously there's a lot of questions surrounding it um, just because it has been growing so fast. So mm-hmm. do you mind if we jump into the breakaway? No. Happy to. All right. Absolutely not. We don't so, mind. <laughs> no, it's great what's happening with the breakaway. Yeah, it's, you know, it's exciting. And, and I think it's important for everyone to remember that the barrel racing went through this. I mean, Jimmy, you were a part of getting barrel racing to the stage that we want the breakaway to, to be at now. So sure, absolutely. It's kind of history repeating itself, but in a different event. So, you know, last year, a lot of girls going down the road, um, breakaway numbers were through the roof. 
but a lot of the girls, you know, almost went broke trying to rodeo, um, which isn't a new concept. A lot of people try to go broke going to rodeos, but breakaway (laughs) isn't competing for equal money yet. So what are your thoughts on the equal money at the rodeos for the breakaway? And what are we doing to work with committees to get them to increase their added money for the breakaway? Well, it's a, as you compared it to the barrel race, the, the most important thing, one of the most important things now, which it's happening, is to have the breakaway at these rodeos because that's what, you know, the barrel race, they, barrel racers worked very hard to get to the point where nearly all of these, you know, PRCA rodeos had a approved barrel race. And so that's been a real important thing this past year. I mean, they went from 50 uh, approved breakaways at PRCA rodeos to over 200 last year. And with the way the approvals are coming in, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to step it up. I don't know what it could be next year. I'd like to think it might be 300, but you know, they're just increasing, but you've got to get into those rodeos like we did. And then you develop a plan. So many of these rodeos are bringing their purses already up to equal this year that are coming in and approving these rodeos. But yes, we're going to need to come up with a plan. Once we're in a certain number of these rodeos, we're going to, the the barrel racers just didn't have equal money uh, in a year's time. We came up, we first asked all the committees to have 50%, to add 50% to the purse that they added 50% of the money that was uh, purse money that was added to the men's event. And then when they did that, that year, the net following year, then we developed a three year plan that they had three years to bring their purses up to equal. So, you know, I'm not saying that's exactly the same plan that we'll come up with for equal money in the breakaway, but we'll have, these committees have to have time you know, the main thing, they have the event and then they have to have a certain amount of time to bring that purse up to equal with their other event. So that's really what um, I see happening, you know, with the breakaway. I couldn't believe what Ellensburg and I wished I had the, that they added, do you know, Heidi, they added what last year, like uh, 1500 or 2000, they brought it up to 11,000. Is that oh, yeah. right? Am I right on that? So, I mean, yeah, I don't have it written down, but I mean, it was a phenomenal increase and that one just sticks out in my mind. So I think we're going to see these, these committees love the breakaway. They want to, you know, you're going to see a lot of them bringing their purses up, uh, you know, because they know that the women deserve it, but then they have to find sponsors and, you know, get the money to do that. So. And just to add I to think that, it's going to happen a lot faster than the barrel. Yeah, I think it's going to happen a lot faster in the breakaway than it did in the barrel race. But no, it's just the popularity is just, you know, through the roof on it. And the, and the spectators love it and the committees love it. So. And I, I agree with Jimmy. I mean, I, I don't think this is a three-year plan. I think it's quite a bit shorter than that. No. And it's just like any other business model. First thing is we have to get buy-in. So how do you get buy-in from committee? Best way to get it is to ask. When we had the first ever circuit finals in the breakaway at the Badlands Circuit Finals, 
how did we do that? I made a phone call and I asked, would you be interested in doing this? We have our circuit directors and our roping director are working diligently. I think that our circuit directors, anytime they talk about the barrel race, they should be asking, hey, have you thought about adding the breakaway? It's about getting, and I, I am a breakaway roper myself. I'm married to a calf roper. I get this for it. It's about getting these girls in every arena we can across mm-hmm. the country at equal added money so that their absolute value, which is tremendous, can be seen. I mean, just getting Houston to come on this year, San Antonio, um, we're getting good buy-in from big committees, and I would love nothing more than to see this across the country. But if you don't build the business, you don't build the base of the business correctly, the business crumbles. So we have to get exposure, equal added money, and this thing will take off even more. Jimmy, was hopeful for 300 I see it being more like 400 this year I wouldn't doubt it for a second because there is huge buy-in right now across the country we were in 11 circuit finals this year three or four years ago we were in one I mean it is it's it's popular it's catching on and I don't like to speak for Jimmy but I think we are both wholeheartedly committed to this event becoming a staple in rodeo so There's you- Fort Worth that's going on now with equal added yep. money at Fort Worth, and you know, and and Houston. There's a they're yep. not in all the performances, but they have equal money. So you know, it's it's coming and it's going to come, and it's the and the growth is happening very fast. So one of the questions we got is how do we get more rodeos to add it, and why do some committees? Why do some committees not want the breakaway? But it kind of sounds like it's not so much as them not wanting it. It's just communicating with them about how to add it, how to add it correctly. And then, you know, like you said, start off, start off getting it there may not be equal money, but then working with them to increase it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Getting it there. That's the, you know, and the cost and going over that with them and, you know, helping these, you know, Jolie's done a great job, you know, and has a lot on her plate working with these committees, talking with them, you know, on how they can have a breakaway and what, you know, it involves. It is, it's communication. I mean, that that's key right here. And it's just, I mean, I know there's a lot of buy-in up here where I live without a doubt. Um, some areas are a little tougher and I think those are the areas we just have to communicate with. I think, you know, them having to gather up the extra added money at times is sort of an issue. Um, but it's not, it's not something that correct. You, I mean, you do, you have to have more added money. It's not like the breakaway pays for itself, especially in the purse department, but I think it's literally communication and getting that buy-in. I mean, I don't want to see the breakaway as some, sideshow event I again I want it to be a staple in arenas across the country and I I I think that that is coming very very soon I I think we've got tremendous buy-in already and we just keep moving forward that one of the questions we got um like I said we're, we're good friends with the breakaway journal Um, and you know, they've obviously seen a a huge jump in excitement from sponsors and people wanting to be involved 
Um, is the WPRA seeing the same type of excitement and buy-in from our sponsors or, you know, is there ways to bring new sponsors on board to help focus on the breakaway now that it's becoming such a big deal? Or what can members do to help with that added purse to, you know, raise that money, I guess? Well, you know, we had a number of sponsors come in this year for the national finals and the breakaway held at Vegas. Wrangler's the title sponsor. So there was a lot of interest uh, in different sponsors coming in to the, uh, you know, to the national finals in the breakaway. And I think you're going to see more and more interest in it. You know, sponsors are interested. They know that it's a very popular event and they want to be involved. So I think, again, that's something else that's happening and going to happen and be increased. The sponsorships. Okay. Another question we got, um, which is a little bit over even what I know, but, um, you know, the breakaway memberships, 85% of the breakaway memberships go to the PRCA to help push forward the breakaway. And so we had some members ask, I mean, kind of, kind of what, how is the plan working, I guess, for both associations to push forward the breakaway, just working on getting them into to every rodeo or kind of what does that breakdown of membership money go towards? Well, a lot of that's being put back into, I think the PRCA would tell you the same thing. They put a lot of that, you know, a lot of the money and the revenue back into the breakaway and, uh, you know, and we have too to some extent. So, you know, it's, I don't have an exact breakdown, but a lot of the money, you know, that's generated from, from both associations, from the breakaway goes back into it. Well, and the WPRA, um, you know, puts up, obviously, Jimmy acquired sponsorships for the NFR, which was outstanding. She's a sponsor getting individual, but the WPRA <laughs> does front, you know, all of the luncheon expense, all of the top 15 awards, um, circuit finals oh. awards uh, for the 11 circuits that had it um, as well. And Jolie does that purchasing for the circuit finals awards. There's DC divisional circuit roping finals awards. I hosted the DC finals at my big roping in the fall. It went great. Jolie had 12 nicely embroidered hay bags. We do, we do front, especially a lot of the awards end of things at this point. Um, but I, I think pretty much like Jimmy said, everything that's going in, it, in my mind is at least attempting to be put back into the event. And, you know, just conversations with the PRCA, if, if, if there's a committee we would really like to see have breakaway, they're not afraid to reach out and help either. Just like we're not, no. we, they, the, I mean, if they weren't committed, we wouldn't be doing this. And we are just as committed, if not more than they are. This is something we want to see for women in rodeo. Awesome. You know, you, you, you said it, and it's probably the question that most people want to know is, is it realistic to hope that the breakaway ropers are going to be in the little yellow arena in 2022 in the Thomas and Mac? And if it isn't realistic, what year is more realistic for them to, to hope, aim, want the breakaway to be in the finals in, uh, in the Thomas and Mac? 
Well, I think that it's coming. You know, it's it's coming. It's going to be. I think that the rape and what's happening with the breakaway. It's going to be part of the national finals in the Thomas and Mac. And we have a proposal. We're. I mean, we're going. To, we have a proposal that we're going to be presenting to the national finals rodeo committee in February. And uh, you know about. Put, you know, about the breakaway roping being part of the national finals, even if it just comes in, you know, during part of it the first year. The main thing is to get it into the national finals and uh, in some of the performances. And then, you know, with the popularity of it, then I think that it's going to be, you know, 15 competing every night in the national finals. But hopefully this year, though, that, you know, last year when we didn't make that request until later in the fall and it was time-wise, there was a lot to work out. And uh, so, you know, we're going to make that, you know, we're going to start that conversation in February. So the ropers will know, you know, I think it's important that they know. If they're, you know, while, while they're trying to make the national finals, if they're going to be competing, you know, in Vegas like they did last year, or whether they're going to be competing in the Thomas and Mac, at least for some of their go rounds. So, you know, I think that the, our goal is for them to know exactly what 22 holes in store, but uh, earlier, like in the year, so they will know. And, uh, you know, but I don't think there's a doubt. Is there years, Heidi, that some, the, the breakaway is going to be part of the national finals at some time, you know, in the future, in the near future? Absolutely. And I think the pr approach we're taking this year is definitely the correct one, starting in February, not late September. Um, we're trying to get ahead yeah. of the game and see what solutions, what opportunities for these ladies, we can get solid and, and get put in place so that we're not acting just last minute. You know, I, I do kind of equate it to the barrel racing. You know, the first tractor drag at the NFR in Texas, that, that conversation started in January the year before. Um, yes. I, Jimmy, when she came in right away. She started the conversation with Mr. Reinhammer about the handrake for a tractor drag at the NFR. And starting these conversations earlier, is without a doubt the way to get it done. And that's just something last year we were not overly prepared for. Um, but I see, yes, uh, they will definitely be in the little yellow arena. And it's coming. It's coming quick. You know, and I they're very high yeah. on the breakaway. Everything. And their logistics would have to be worked out. And that's why, you know, at the first NFRC meeting I attended was in late it was in the fall, but you know, their logistics, you have to work with uh, their general manager, you know, there are things that have to be worked out. And that's why that needs, that conversation needs to be started earlier in hopes that we can, you know, have time to work something out where the breakaway can be part of the yep. national final. Well, and I think something people don't know, like the NFR is basically time to the minute. They give <laughs> the girls a schedule that says, the first barrel yeah. racer run at 8:47. It is literally time. So it's it's well, like Jimmy just said. It's the logistics of putting it in, making the time work, and I think by starting earlier, we've got a shot. 
So the goal, I mean, like you said, it's a building block. You can't just get the entire production done overnight in year one. So realistically in 2022, the breakaway ropers are not going to be in the Thomas and Mac for all 10 rounds, but the goal well, is can't. to yeah. potentially no, have them for can't. a couple of rounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, and like, we don't know. I mean, we're going to have options. Yes. That would be the ideal situation. If 15 ropers rope all 10 nights, you know, in, in all 10 rounds, but, it's important also that's the ideal situation but you've got to get your foot in the door for lack of a better way to put it you know you've got to be there and then uh, you know then go from there so I mean one way or the other that is our goal is to at least have you know some of the breakaway you know in the Thomas and Mac in 22 you know and hopefully we that can happen and obviously no, the ideal situation Go yeah, ahead. Our first Hi. ask, like Jimmy just said, the ideal situation is all 15, all 10. That would be our first ask, without a doubt. That's, I mean, that's where you start. And yeah, that's what we want. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if that was accepted? <laughs> I mean, that would that would be the best outcome. But if not, like she just said, it's getting our foot in the door and it's getting us in Little Yellow Arena. Period. And we found out last year, Kayla. It's very important to the breakaway ropers that they all have an opportunity to rope there, you know, whether it's divided up to a certain number one night, a certain, but they wanted everyone to have, and I don't, I think that speaks a lot for them, but to have the opportunity to rope there, at least, you know, you don't just go in and take your top five or six the last night. So that speaks a lot for them because everyone has worked hard to qualify for the finals and be in the top 15 and it was really important to them that they all have the opportunity to rope at Thomas and Mac and not just, you know, five of them or seven of them, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. They, they rodeoed all yeah. year to get there. They all deserve the opportunity. Absolutely. Right. And I, I think, like you said, once, once it gets out in front of everybody, it's going to be an event that, right. you know, it, the viewers at home and everybody in the stands will want to be there. And the, exactly. But the main thing is to get it in there. And then, you know, I think for the event will take care of itself as long as, you know, as far as the people wanting it there and to continue to be there. So. Agreed. Well, it sure sounds like you gals have a lot on your plate <laughs> to work on, um, you know, just focusing on all aspects of, of our association and trying to make it better from, from the actual ground to who can go to who's going to be in Vegas. Um, I, I know you guys are both busy, so we won't keep you much longer. I think we're already almost at the hour mark. Um, but is there anything else you want to add? I mean, this hopefully goes out to a lot of members and, you know, it's a really easy way to, 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 I guess, get the word out about what you guys as a team are working on. Well, I'd just like to say, I mean, you know, these ladies do a remarkable job representing their members, uh, and, uh, working for the betterment of the whole association and members. It's really, like I said, been enjoyable to work with them 
And I just see a lot of things that we're working on that are really going to make a difference in the association. And as far as Heidi, I mean, I couldn't come on, couldn't have come on with a better group. And Heidi has just been there and just been really supportive and helped me get back adjusted to being in this position again. So, yeah, I think with, you know, that the board really has, is making, doing a really great job. So. And Kayla, I'd just like to thank you for having us on. First of all, it's a good opportunity to talk to members um, who maybe might not get the ins and outs. Um, if you ask anybody that knows me, my phone is always on. There's not a call I won't answer, um, whether it's a happy call or a maybe upset call. But we, I am always willing to talk through, to listen, to go through it. Jimmy came on, stepped right in. Um, she has been amazing to work with, and I would really love to work with her and continue our progress focused on the future for the next three years. I mean, we, we've we've got a good foot in the door, and I think that her leadership, uh, consistency, our group works so well together right now, uh, which is huge. You have to have a board and a group that works well together to actually accomplish anything, and I I have very, very good feelings for the future of the WPRA. I'd love to stay around with Jimmy. Awesome. Yep. I love it. Um, I hope my horses cooperate. So I'm actually confident to buy my cardigan. <laughs> but, I hope so, and we want to, and we want to encourage the members. We're having general membership meetings. We've had several, you know, last year we've got one in Rapid City, one coming up in Belton, Texas. So encourage the members to come. We want to hear what they have, you know, what they have to say and, you know, their suggestions and what they're thinking. So if they have an opportunity at any of the places where we have general membership meetings, we want to encourage them to come. Come talk to us. And talk to us, yes. That's what we're there for. Sounds great. Well, thank you both. I greatly appreciate it. And um, good luck in Rapid City. And I hope you stay warm that general membership meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to bring Jimmy a call. <laughs> I have a coat. You're gonna need a North Dakota one. Uh, you, 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 it's the high. The high is zero, Jimmy. Maybe I should bring your coat. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> Thank I'll, you, I'll Kayla. We really appreciate it. Thanks, lady. We really appreciate Thanks. you having us. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Big thank you to Farnham's Horse Care Loyalty Rewards Program for bringing this great episode to our listeners. Make sure to go and enroll in their program today by visiting www.horsecareloyalty.com. It's easy to enroll. Just sign up for their website and submit a picture of your receipt of eligible products, and soon you'll be earning your free rewards. Thank you to Jimmy and Heidi for spending some time with us. All right, everyone, run fast, be safe, and we'll see you soon.